What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Good morning. Welcome to the new year. Welcome to Bethesda. I'm glad that you decided to... Um, Decided today to be with us on your first day of um, 2023. That's even hard to say, isn't it? But I'm glad that you're here with us. I know as you start the new year, um, that means starting new things. And so sometimes that means new Bible reading plans, new devotionals. And so I always like as we start out a new year to kind of give you a few things that we have for you here at Bethesda. And so um, one thing I just encourage you to is to read the Bible in 2023 and to commit to do that. There's so many different ways to do that. But one thing that we do at Bethesda, we have a Bible reading plan that we'd love for you to join with us. And so if you do not have, you can download um, our app. App. It's on Android or iPhone, and if you do have that, and I'm going to try to show you this, in the bottom right corner, when it's, you click on Bible, and when you click on that, you see a little thing at the very middle of that, and it says plan. If you get a plan, it'll give you a Bible reading plan to read every day. And if you've used the app, it will read it. You can read it, or it will read it to you. And so I encourage you to do that. Um, I think one of the greatest ways I have grown um, as a pastor um, in my spiritual life, it's just reading through the Bible every year. And so I encourage you to do that with me, that this will be the plan that I do. Something I, I, in the last year, as we've been doing this plan, something that has um, been brought to my attention several times by people who, who've been in the plan with us is sometimes it's hard when you read th through the passages to kind of get an understanding of what's going on in the text. And so I do want to share with you a few devotions as well, devotionals. And these are um, two devotionals. These are um, by D.A. Carson called For the Love of God. This is volume one and volume two. And so these are two different ones. And these devotions, by the way, the Bible reading plan that we do is called McChaney Bible reading plan. Robert McChaney is the one who developed it. He has four passages as you read a day. Um, the way McChaney, when he developed the plan, he believed the first two should be for personal and the second two should be for family. And that's the way he designed his plan. And so um, D.A. Carson's books, For the Love of God, actually go and uh, coincide with that Bible reading plan. And so what Carson does is for the same Bible passages that you'll be reading in the Bible reading plan, he has a devotional on one of the passages that you read. And so what's really good about this devotional is as you read the Bible, you have a resource every day that brings you into something that you have read and helps you understand it better and helps you get something devotionally out of it. So these are just two different volumes. I would just encourage you to pick up one of them. Another thing I would encourage you to, if you... Um, like free resources, if you go for, up to the Gospel Coalition and go to the Bible, they also do the same Bible reading plan that we do in D.A. Carson's devotionals there are free on the web. And so if you want to go to that website, Gospel Coalition, go to the Bible, read the Bible, you'll see the Bible reading plan, and then there's a, a place there for you to, um, for his devotions. And if you sign up over email, they'll email you the devotion to your email box every day. So those are just a few tips. I hope to help you start a new year fresh, reading the Word of God together. You know, we really, as we start a new year, we all want to be blessed. We, um, we want to be blessed with the new year. And when I was a little boy every year 
um, on every New Year's Day, we always went to my grandma Barbie's house, and we had supper together. And the um, the on the uh, menu that night was black-eyed peas and collard greens. And so I don't know if you grew up with that tradition, but from you know I was told uh, the black-eyed peas were to bring you luck, right? And the greens were green like money, so it was supposed to help you um, bring prosperity. And we'd always joke about that, you know, make sure you ate a lot of the greens, right? You really ate a lot of greens, and you never really worked out that any of this ever really happened. But we did it. No matter what, we did it every year because we want to start out the new year right, right? And we do. All of us desire to be blessed. We want to be blessed. We want to be blessed. And that's why um, we um, start new Bible reading plans. We start new diets, right? We start new exercise regimens. We do all kinds of different things because we want to be blessed with good health. We want to be blessed spiritually. We want to be blessed materially. So we do different things, start different resolutions in order to find those blessings. Well, this morning we come to Genesis chapter 32, we see a character, and his name's J- Jacob, and Jacob um, really desires to be blessed. And so the title of my message today is How to Receive God's Blessing, all right? We desire, as we're starting a year, to be blessed by God, um, and so how do we receive God's blessing? That's the title of my message today. As you come to this, this story, I think it's important as you um, come to Genesis 32, we're kind of jumping at the end of Jacob's story, and there's a lot that's happened in Jacob. And so I think it's important to understand a little bit about who Jacob is. Jacob, um, who he was, just really started at the very beginning of his life. When he was born, um, he had a twin brother named Esau, and the Bible says that Jacob and Esau wrestled in their mother's womb. Actually, Jacob's name is, means heel grabber. And it says that as um, Esau was coming out, Jacob was grabbing hold of his brother's heel. Um, so his name means heel grabber. It also can be means deceiver. And so from the very beginning of his life, even from birth, he was one who wrestled. He's the one who grabbed at things. He's one who deceived. And, and he really was. That was not where he only started, but that really characterized his life. Jacob really was this modern-day con artist. He um, deceived really everyone in his life. He deceived his brother. He deceived his father. He deceived his uncle. And um, in this time, in, in Old Testament times, there was this thing called the birthright. And the birthright was given to the oldest child. And Esau because he was born first, received this birthright. In Jewish customs, this birthright meant a material possession, that you had a double portion of inheritance from your father, but also meant that you were the spiritual leader of the home. And so there came a, a, um, a spiritual dimension of the birthright. And Jacob desired this from very early on. He's wrestling his mother's wound. He wanted to be first, right? He wanted to be first in his family. And so for a very young age, one day his brother's... Um, um, is coming in from a long hunt, and Jacob had cooked um, a, a, a pot of um, soup, and um, he is, his brother's starving, and he says, um, Esau says to Jacob, Jacob, give me some of this soup, and, and Jacob says, I'll, I'll give it to you if you'll sell me your birthright, and he um, wagers um, for the birthright, and, and Esau agrees. He gives him the birthright in order for a bowl of soup. And he deceives him in order to get the double material blessings of his father. So we see at the very beginning, he deceives his brother for the material blessings of the family. 
But it wasn't enough for Jacob. It wasn't enough that Esau had given him that. He really wanted to be the spiritual leader of the family. So the story goes, as, as we see in Genesis, that um, his dad was, um, was, was dying and um, he told his brother Esau, Esau, go out and cook. I mean, go out and hunt for me the best came and prepare for me a meal and I'm, I'm about to die and I want to give you the spiritual blessing, lay my hand on you and give you the spiritual blessing. His mom, um, Jacob and Esau's mom, Rebecca, heard that and she um, called Jacob in and said, hey, go and, um, and I'm going to cook the meal and I want you to um, get some sheep skin and we'll put it because um, Esau was really hairy and she put... Um, the hair of a sheep on his arms and on his neck. So when his, do- his dad was, couldn't see, when his dad would feel Jacob, he would feel like Esau. And by the way, that's a hairy man. I'm going to just say. And he, he, they took Esau's clothes and put it on um, Jacob. And Jacob, disguised as his brother with the hair and with his clothes and with the scent, his, mo- his mom cooked the meal that he liked. He brought the meal into his father. And there before his dad... Total deceived his father, even at the weak moment of his life, he deceived him for the birthright. And there that night, Jacob's dad gave him the spiritual blessing, the birthright. So he deceived his brother, he deceived his father, and then he fled. The Bible says after that, Esau heard what his brother had done. And Genesis 27, 41 says, Now Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. Now Esau said to himself, the day of mourning, my father are approaching. Then I will kill my brother, Jacob. Jacob hate, I mean, Esau hated Jacob for what he had done, for how he stole the birthright. He hated him, how he, how he deceived his father. And he determined after the days of his dad had died, Esau would kill his brother. So Jacob flees. He flees from, um, to Haran for 20 years. He lives there with his uncle, and he uh, marries while he's there, and he deceives his uncle out of... Um, some different things. And then after 20 years, Jacob believes it's time to come home. And so this is where we come to this passage. Jacob's on his way home. As he's on his way home, he hears that his brother is coming with 400 soldiers, 400 men. So Jacob decides, well, my brother's coming, and he's, I remember him saying that he would kill me, and so surely I have to think about what's my strategy to protect myself. He believes God is calling him home, so he, he follows that, so he decides that he would send um, a caravan to his brother just full of gifts, all kinds of just gifts and um, different things to, to try to flatter his brother and try to uh, appease the anger of his brother. Then secondly, he decides that he was going to divide his camp into two camps. So if Esau and his 400 men attacked one camp, one camp would be survived. And then the Bible says after he uh, strategized by giving, sending flattery and splitting the camp, then the Bible says Jacob prayed. Typical Jacob, right? He decides, tries to deceive his brother, tries to deceive his father, and lastly, He's trying to, to, to um, deceive or, or manipulate God and then ask at the end that God would bless it, all right? Isn't that what we do? Many times we have our plans, we have how we think um, we want it to be done, and then we come to God to bless it instead of going to God first. When Je- in Genesis 32, after J- Jacob prays, we see um, that um, he meets God, he wrestles with God, And I want you to see as he wrestles with God how Jacob 
received God's blessing. His whole life, he's longed for this blessing. The blessing of man, the blessing of his father, blessing of his uncle, blessing of his brother. Finally, it's never enough, right? Finally, he wants the blessing of God. And in this passage of scripture this morning, we see how Jacob finds the blessing of God. And so will you stand with me and let's read God's word together. It's Genesis 32, and it starts in verse 22. It says, The same night he arose and he took two wives, two female servants, and eleven children across over the fords of Jacob. And he took them and sent them across the stream and everything else he had. And Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. And when he saw he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket. And Jacob's hip was put out of joint, and he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day has broken. But Jacob says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he says, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with man and have prevailed. And Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he says, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of that place Penal, for he says, For I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been delivered. Then the sun rose upon him, and he passed um, Penel, and he limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the people of Israel did not eat the sinew of the thigh that is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip on the sinew of the thigh. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord, for today. I pray today as we come looking, Lord, for um, as we start 2023, looking for your blessings on our life and the blessings of our church. Lord, just as that night, Jacob was looking, for, Lord, for blessings from you, God. Lord, I pray that you'd use your word to speak to us. Lord, you know, Lord, what I've prepared. You know, Lord, how you've led us today, led me to this passage. And um, Lord, you know how much I need you today. So, Lord, I pray that you would um, fill me, Lord, um, that you might pour me out. Use me, Lord, today. Um, Lord, I pray that um, I would decrease and you would increase through me. Lord, I need you today. So speak, Lord Father, in your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Bible tells us, um, as Jacob crossed the river that night, he, he sends his family over across the river. Jacob stays back, and there the Bible says, Jacob wrestles with a man. So we look into this man in Scripture. Um, verse 25, when he saw that man, he did not prevail against Jacob. Um, verse 24, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. Um, this is a rare occurrence of Scripture, and there's much debate there who this man is. Some would say it's um, an angel. Um, but many would say that this is one of the rare curses in Scripture that we see Jesus, the pre-incarnate Christ, um, taking the form of an a man or an angel, and he's wrestling with Jacob. Um, it's not important to see that here that Jacob is wrestling um, with the pre-incarnate Christ here or, um, or uh, this angel but it's important to see how long he wrestled. Scripture says, and the men wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Um, 
If you think about that for a minute, from sunset to sunrise, that's roughly 10 hours. So now here this really natural-born wrestler, um, Jacob, who's always wrestled with men, with um, his, his parents, his brother, his, his uncle. Um, now he's wrestling with the Lord. But look at the passage of Scripture. Here he's, he's met his greatest foe, greater than the adversity he faced with his brother, with his dad, with his uncle. He's wrestling with God. But Jacob doesn't waver. Jacob doesn't back down. Jacob doesn't let go. But for 10 hours from sunset to sunrise, Jacob never lets go. So much so, Scripture says that he cries out to him, I will not let you go until you bless me. It seems like as Jacob's wrestling with God, um, God's desire was for Jacob to, to let go, um, and Jacob, what, grew tighter. His hold got tighter. It seems like at times in our life, the Lord leads us, and he wants us to hold on to him tighter and tighter. First, I want you to see as we look at how do we receive God's blessing, we receive God's blessings through persistence. You see that um, as we look for God's blessing, we find God's blessing in persistence, saying, God, I will not let you go until you bless me, Father. And we see that what, what Jacob does. He, he's this persistent to never let go of God until God blesses him, until he um, receives it, the bless, um, God's blessing in his life. I was thinking about this and just an example of this that we see in um, an example of this in um, life. And I think uh, one of the ways that we see this is and important for us is we want to receive God's blessing as we start the new year and you think, well, Jonathan, practically, what does this look like? How, well, how can I um, wrestle with God? What is a way that I do that um, in saying, God, I'm not going to let you go? And I think that really comes in the form of prayer, of saying, God, I'm going to pray about something. Because many times, listen, let's, let's be honest, when we start um, a, a prayer list or we start a New Year's resolution, we start up something very strong, and, but then it fades with time, right? But being persistent is saying, I'm going to pray persistently for something, and I'm not going to stop praying for something until I see God's answer. And, and and I can tell you so many stories through the years of so many people, many people right here in this room, many wives here who prayed for their husbands for 10 plus years until they saw their husband saved. One of the stories I think is one of the re most remarkable stories, this story I shared with you before is about a man named Christopher Yon. Christopher Yon was, um, he was homosexual. He um, lived that lifestyle. He lived in Atlanta and there he was very active in the gay community. He traveled around the world. He became very wealthy, and um, he had many different relationships. He um, um, got into drugs and then um, got to a place where he was dealing drugs and was one of the most prominent dealers in the Atlanta area. But Christopher Jan's mom got saved. Actually, on the, um, Christopher went to, to her and told her, and, and she talked about how she was grieved when she heard about what um, her son was going through, but she committed to pray for him. Her name was Angela, 
And for years, Angela converted in her home an unused shower in her home to a prayer room. And she would pray hours and hours so much that she would form calluses on her knees from praying for her son. She would commit every Monday to pray and fast for her son. She even one day fasted for 39 days straight for the salvation of her son. She, pray, she, she enlisted hundreds of friends to pray for her son. And while her son was partying, while he was dealing drugs, while he was out in his lifestyle, Angela prayed for him over and over and over. One day, the DAA came and showed up at Christopher's apartment and charged him for a drug laundering and sentenced him. He was sentenced to six years in prison. When he was in prison, he finally, after many years of not talking to his mom, he called her. He said, Mom, I'm in jail. That day, she took a, um, you remember the, the, the paper that comes out on a little um, calculator, you know, the old type calculators? She pulled out that calculator, and she began writing prayers of praise for Christopher. And that day, she prayed, Christopher is safe place. And he called for the first time. Over the next few years, she began to write every day a praise and a prayer request for her son. She pleaded with God. On the third day in prison, while Christopher walked by a pile of trash, he noticed a book lying in the trash can. And he got the book and he come to find out it was a New Testament Gideon Bible. With nothing better to do, he began reading that Bible front to back. He even joined a Bible study. Not long after that, he realized that he, blood tests would show that he was um, HIV positive. He was transferred to another prison, and there he was um, looking into the bunk that he was in. And on that metal bunk, it said, if you're bored, read Jeremiah 29, 11. And there in that prison cell, Christopher read Jeremiah 29, 11, and finally realized that he can find hope in Jesus Christ. He said in his testimony that he thought he, the felony of the drugs and the things that he'd done was forever going to be on his record permanently. But he found through Christ that, the, that through the blood of Christ, there was no record of sin. Christ would set him free and he could find total forgiveness in Christ. Listen, Christopher found the Lord, and now today he's a professor, I believe, at Moody Bible um, Chapel, and is a man of God, and is a speaker, and a pastor, and God's using him in an incredible way. But listen, it started with a mom who says, I'm not going let to let you go, God, until you bless me. If that means praying for 10 years, if that means getting in my closet, God, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. I ask you today, I wonder if you would look back on January of 2022, what was something that God put on your heart then, and have you let it go? And maybe God's calling you today to remind you of something you were praying about last year, but you let go of, and God's saying today, I want you to, I want you to grab hold of me again. I want you with the same passion and determination says, God, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. See that um, receiving God's blessing starts with persistence, but it continues through brokenness. 
You see that night that Jacob's wrestling with God, and the Bible says they wrestled for 10 hours, and um, Jesus says, or the man says, let me go for the day is broken, but Jacob says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. But the Bible says in verse 25, as they're wrestling through the, um, through the night, the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, and he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip, hip was put out of joint, and he wrestled with him. Now, if you think about it for a minute, that night they're wrestling, and the Bible says the man realized that he could not prevail over Jacob, that Jacob was not going to let him go, that he was going to persist through the night. And so in that wrestling match, the the man touched Jacob's hip socket, and his hip came out of joint. He, he, He broke him. He hurt him. And if you think about it, if you've I know if you wrestled on the last time, but um, as you're wrestling, one of the major things you need is your hips, is your legs. And so for in order for the man to touch his hip would cripple Jacob in his ability to wrestle effectively. But that did not stop Jacob from wrestling. But I want you to understand, we receive God's blessing through persistence, but we receive God through brokenness. It's, as you think about Jacob here, and you think about what's happening, um, his strength was in his hip, and God took Jacob's ability to fight away when he hurt his hip. So not only this, that was Jacob's last ability that Jacob had left, was his fighting spirit. If you think about Jacob and just the the overview I gave you at the beginning of his life, Jacob was a fighter. That was what he was good at, was wrestling with people, with fighting with people, with deceiving. And God touched him where it hurt. You know, there's times in our life it seems like um, that God knows exactly where we feel like we are strong in, and God will sometimes touch us right where we think we've got it all together, and he'll break us in order to bless us. It seems like in this moment, God brought Jacob to the end of himself. We realize, Lord, you are my only hope. Isn't that the same story with Christopher? God took everything away. And it was there in that prison cell as he read Jeremiah 29, 11, and he realized, God, you are my only hope. You know, in Scripture, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount says, um, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What is Jesus saying? Blessed are those who recognize that they're spiritually broken. Spiritually, they have nothing to offer God. Spiritually, they're bankrupt. God, my only hope is you. A.W. Tozer once says, the Lord cannot fully bless a man until he first has conquered him. I wonder today, what would it take for God Or what in your life does God need to touch or break you of to make you broken that he might bless you? 
I can tell you, I, I could probably tell you stories of all day long of stories of church members or people that I've encountered through ministry and through the years that God brought to the end of themselves for them to finally realize, God, you are my only hope. I can think of a man who was 31 as a pastor. And I remember walking into the hospital and I had not, I didn't know how to be a pastor. I didn't know what I was doing. It was one of my first hospital visits and I walked in and there was this man and he was a sexual farmer. He had all the things this world had to offer, money and things and family, relationships. And there in that hospital bed, he had lost it all. Physically, he was not able to do anything anymore. And I'll never forget him looking at me and saying, Pastor, I was so full of pride. I thought I had, I had this world by the horns. I had everything this world could offer me. And God took that all away to make me realize how much I needed him. I wonder for you today, maybe today you're wrestling with the Lord and maybe today God's just reached out and touched you and he's broken you and hurt you. And today he's doing that because he wants you to say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I don't need the things of this world. I don't need the things of what I think, how I think I'm stronger, how I can handle this. Lord, you are my only hope. Lord, I'm spiritually broken. I'm spiritually bankrupt. Lord, you are my only hope. Today, I need you. You hear the loving nature of the Lord to want to touch us and to break us in order that he might heal us oh what a loving Lord do we have who so wants a relationship with us that sometimes he even needs to expose the areas that need to be broken there's blessing and received through persistence there's blessing received through brokenness but lastly, as we finish this morning, there's blessing through confession. In verse 27, they're wrestling all night. And verse 26, it says, he says, let me go for the day is broken. But Jacob says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. In verse 20 says, 27, he says, and he said to him, what is your name? And he says, Jacob. I'm sorry. He, he says, what is your name? He says, Jacob. Um, and he says, your name shall no longer be Jacob. As you come to this passage, you hear the, the angel or Christ saying, what is your name? And I know I've shared this with you before, but as you think about someone's name, in Old Testament times, when you knew someone's name, it revealed their character, it described who they were, and Jacob's a great example of that. His name meant deceiver, and that's who he was. But as you come to this passage of Scripture, you think here is him wrestling with Christ, who's omniscient, is all-knowing. He knows who he is. He met him that day. He encountered him. He was the one who came upon Jacob. Jacob didn't initiate this. God initiated this. Christ initiated this in Jacob's right, life. He knew Jacob's name. And so it seems odd that as they're wrestling through the day, 
that Christ would say or the Lord would say, what is your name? So why would he do this? Because by asking his name and for Jacob to say his name was Jacob to confess. The Lord knew who he was. He knew that he was deceiver. But he wanted Jacob to say, you're right, Lord. I am a deceiver. I am a con. I am a manipulator. Lord, I need you. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 28, 13, whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. I wonder today, I wonder today if the Lord would ask you your name. What would you say to him? You say, Lord, you, you know I'm lustful. Lord, you know I'm doubtful. Lord, you know I'm a gossip. Lord, you know I'm self-righteous. Lord, you know I'm a liar. Lord, you know, you name it. What would you confess to the Lord today? There's a story of a young boy and his sister, and they were out in the backyard um, playing. And um, that year for Christmas, he got this brand new slingshot, and he was outside, and he was at his grandmother's house, and they were um, shooting that slingshot. And his grandmother said, you can go out and, and shoot it, but whatever you do, don't hit my prize geese. She had these magnificent geese in her yard, and she loved watching those. And she had a sewing room up on her second floor, and she would sit out in that sewing room and look out the window and see those geese. And, and so Johnny went outside, and he was hitting different trees, and he was hitting different things. And his little sister looked at him and says, you know, you're pretty good with that slingshot, but I bet you can't hit a moving target. How about hit one of those geese? Sure enough, Johnny reared back, and he let that thing go, and he hit one of those geese and knocked that graveyard dead. Well, his sister looked at him and said, I can't believe it. I'm going to tell Grandma. So he said, I promise you, if we, we make a deal, and he went and, and buried the geese, and we make a deal that if I, I, I'll do whatever you ask me, just don't tell Grandma. So that night, they were sitting, and they were eating supper, and it was time to clean the dishes, and, and it was her time to clean the dishes. And she looked over at Johnny, you knew, and gave him the look, and suddenly Johnny volunteered. Johnny volunteered to do the dishes that next week, and then he volunteered to, clean, to make up her bed. He volunteered to do all the different things that she wanted, to pick up all the toys. He volunteered, and he was finally, after a week of it, he was tired of it. So finally, he, he went up to his grandmother's room. She was up there sewing, and he went up to her and said, Grandmother, last, last week I was here, and you told me not to shoot those geese, and, but, but I was, was tempted, and I pulled back and I shot and I, I killed one and I buried it and told her, told her where he buried it. And she looked at him and said, Johnny, I was in the sewing room that day and I saw you kill that goose and I saw you bury it. Johnny, I forgave you that day. I was just waiting for you to come and confess it to me. You know, that is our Lord and Savior, isn't it? He's already done the work of forgiveness when he died on the cross for you. He knows your sin. He knows your issues. He's watched them all along. He's ready to offer forgiveness to you. He's just waiting for you to say, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, you 
this is what I've done. Lord, forgive me. You know, that's what scripture says, isn't it? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. Today, you say you want the blessing of the Lord. It starts with saying, Lord, I'm going to I want to persist. God, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Maybe it continues today. Say, Lord, right now it feels like you're breaking me. But God, I want today to realize that you, all I need, you're my only hope. Maybe today it starts with saying, God, here's some things I need to confess before you. Some things that I need to declare before you. And Lord, today I need your forgiveness. There's an old hermit. He was wanting to get right with the Lord. So he decided he would become a hermit in order to get right with the Lord. So one day he um, was living in that cave and somebody came out to see him and said, are you still wrestling with the devil? He says, no, not anymore. I'm wrestling with God. The man said, you don't hope to win, do you? He says, no, I hope to lose. Today, what is your hope in today? Maybe it is today like that man saying, Lord, I, wanna, I don't want to let go until you bless me. And God, I will persist. I'm not going to let go. God, today you are my only hope. Today, God, I won't let you go until you bless me. Today, Lord, I'll confess you. Today, Lord, I need you. I need your blessings on my life. Would you pray with me? Lord, I love you. I thank you, Lord, for today. I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for Jacob's example of persistence, Lord, to to wrestle with you, Father, a persistence to, to wrestle with you through the brokenness. Lord, the honesty of Jacob to confess to you, Lord, who he was, to be real with you, to be open, to be honest, to not to hide or conceal it, but to confess right where he was at that moment with you. Lord, I pray today as we come to this time of invitation that in that same way that God, you met him there, I pray today you would meet us right where we are. And God, just as you pursued Jacob, God, I pray today you would pursue us. And God, as we encounter you today as he encountered you, God, I pray we would not let go of you, God. That we'd have that same persistence. God, that we'd take an opportunity today to confess and to declare our desperation for you today. Lord, lead us now in this time. We thank you, Lord, for today. Lord, I pray if there's someone today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, that today they would put their hope and their faith in you for salvation. In your name we pray. Amen. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 